0: The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking.
1: Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer. all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash offer.
0: Okay, so we're here now talking with Anne Riley. Uh, Riley is a uh, a local um, clergy uh, person. Uh, She is an associate pastor at Presbyterian New England Congregational Church, which is a mouthful, but I think I got it right and uh, and that church is here in Saratoga Springs, uh, New York, just about a mile and a half or two miles from Skidmore. And uh, Riley has an amazing sort of faith journey and um, life path, and it involves being an ex-evangelical. It involves now being uh, part of uh, a ministry team at a UCC um, church that's combined with a Presbyterian church. And so uh, we're really excited for our conversation. Thanks for joining us.
1: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: So let, first things first, just Tell us about yourself and tell us about um, you grew up evangelical, but you're not now. And I kind of think your life and your faith and your identity are very different than maybe uh, they were when you were evangelical. So how does that work?
1: Right. So I grew up in the Christian Reformed Church. It's part of the Dutch Calvinist tradition. Grew up in Holland, Michigan. I have never, ever been to public school. I have been uh, Christian educated from kindergarten through College. I went to Kelvin College in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it's hard to describe the culture I grew up in. It wasn't a question of whether or not if somebody went to church, I could safely assume that everybody did, which is a matter of where. And through my Christian education, I I got two things as a takeaway. One, just a world-class education, and two, a deep, unshakable truth that God loved me which not everybody gets. Um, so I I remember finding out my friend Ben was a Lutheran and really wondering if he was saved. Um, it was very a very insular theological community. I didn't have a whole lot of possibility models for how to be something other than the traditional good Christian woman. Uh, my, implicitly or explicitly, my... Life goals were to get married, have kids, raise them in the church. I spent a lot of time either in Bible class, which I had on, the, on my schedule every year for 16 years, or, you know, going to church twice on Sundays and youth group on Wednesdays. The community I lived in, it was pretty common uh, among the teenagers to keep a Bible in our car. So if we got pulled over, we could throw it on the dashboard and say we were on our way to Bible study, or to keep the Christian radio station on preset so you could like change it over to the Christian radio station because these were the things that like could help you get a lesser ticket. That was that was pretty pretty normal in Holland. I,
0: like your story, I mean, it's it's funny to think about all these like you know, we should start a hashtag like evangelical life hacks or something, but um. You know, one of of the things that your story reminds me of is so many folks who have found their way out of evangelicalism um, are not the ones who didn't take their faith serious. They're the ones who took it ultra serious. Oh, yeah. And then ended up sort of in one way or another thinking and living themselves sort of into a different place. And so how did that like happen?
1: Right. So I knew that I was gay pretty early on, but I didn't really know what that meant. And the way that manifested in me was I just thought that I was being a girl wrong. I had lots of friends who could do their hair and makeup and who knew how to flirt and had boyfriends and wanted to be cheerleaders. And I self-identified as a tomboy. Most of my friends were boys. And there was a sense in which if you had an intimate friendship with someone of the opposite sex, they must be your significant other. And that those traditional gender roles really messed with me. And I just internalized this. Well, you're, you're bad at being a girl and you're going to be really lucky. If some, if some boy sometime finds you interesting and attractive. And I have this very clear memory of in college saying to one of my floor mates, I really think that God has in God's plan for me to be a wife and a mother and believing every word that came out of my mouth. And so at some point when I realized like what it was, wasn't that I was bad at being a girl or bad at flirting that I just, I, I, I was gay. Like that's not, I I still knew that Jesus loved me. So I never, I was never one of those kids that prayed to be straight. It's a huge gift. I don't know how that happened, but I, but somewhere I did have this unshakable feeling that nothing could separate me from the love of God. However, Also, around the same time, I realized I might also be called to the ministry. And so my prayer was, dear Jesus, please don't make me gay and a pastor.
0: Thanks for listening to this free preview of our Swag episode. In order to get access to the full episode and so much more, become a Straight White American Jesus Premium subscriber by clicking the link in the show notes. It'll take you like two clicks, I promise. In addition to getting access to this episode,